new pod world order. And if you're listening to this podcast, you have made a good life choice. You know what quality entertainment is, and you know how to support the individual artists that are bringing it to you. Keep up the good work. I'm out. Always bet on Geek Podcast. Woo! Picture, if you will, in the theater of your mind, two geeks. For our purposes, Marshall and Pat, who have decided no longer to bite chickens' heads off, but to instead enter the realm of internet radio. If suddenly you find yourself hearing talk of comic books, television shows, and motion pictures, you may have inadvertently thrown your chips down on Always Bet on Geek. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Man, and you're listening to Always Bet on Geek. Wait a minute, didn't Wesley Snipes say that? Didn't Wesley Snipes go to prison? Didn't Wesley Snipes go to prison for tax evasion? Don't bet on black, folks. Bet on geek. Ready to form Voltron! Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. I gotta switch chairs because the squeaky son of a bitch gets on my fucking nerves. Man, we've rec- we recorded a whole lot today, the past couple days. Like, uh, we recorded Welcome to the Alamo last night, but I got so fucking spinny and shit, man. I, like, almost passed out in the floor at in front of the computer. I was like, Stephanie... Talk to Alamo. He's about to talk about dick pics. I'll take a shower and I'll come back in here in the middle of this funny conversation. Now you want to hear? Okay, hold on. Okay, so I'm like, talk to him. He's fixing to get into the dick pic conversation. Uh, this will be really funny. I'll be right back. Let me take a shower. I'm spinning. And apparently I went right to the bedroom and flopped on the bed. And the next thing I remember, Stephanie's like coming in the bedroom and saying that she messaged him and she stopped, so I had to finish recording. Welcome to the Alamo this morning, but uh, uh, you know Bobby or Bobby Bobo 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 Hurley, Mark Hurley. What? Do you know who Mark Hurley is? No, should I? Yeah, he's the MPWO's number one fan. That apparently I need to know who this guy is. Okay, he he lives in Dublin, Ireland. He's he did a helped uh, pop culture crunch do a commercial, but he guest spotted on uh, Welcome to the Alamo, and then we recorded right after that the Wolfpack Pod, and he was on that too. But he uh, he actually has an MPWO hoodie and all that stuff. He's pretty cool. 
<laughs> and it turns out my ancestors, uh, my great grandfather who fought in the Civil War that came over from Ireland, is from a is only an, the family is only an hour away from where he is. So it's kind of how did you find all that out just by talking to him? Uh, cause my mom came into the room cause she wanted to smoke and this is the place where you go in the house. So, uh, she said, I'm not going to say anything. And then after I was talking to him about Ireland and stuff, she was, I hear whispering through my headphones and I'm like, what? She's like, your grandfather, your great grandfather who was in the civil war. He, uh, he's from there. And then his name is McCabe. I remembered the name. She didn't remember and the, and Mark was like, yeah, McCabe, uh-huh, I know the name, you know. And uh, she told me whatever county, town, whatever, and he's like, yeah, that's only about an hour away. So it kind of inspired me to try to start looking into my Irish ancestry, since I'm supposed to be three-fourths Irish anyway. Jim was just in Ireland. That's really awesome. Yeah, uh, one of her friends in Britain got married, and his wife is Irish, so they got married in Ireland. So she would, so she flew over there for the wedding. Did she kiss the Blarney Stone? No, but she took a Game of Thrones tour. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, that's pretty neat. So like, they actually took him to all all the places where they shoot Game of Thrones in Ireland, and she got the pose with the like with the Night Watch cloak and the big ass sword and all that stuff nice tell her sh to send me pictures you could ask her on Facebook or I could ask her myself since you've already that. talked about asking her about Japanese this is true I could be an actual person and not do third party conversations or we could be an actual podcast and start with the intro <laughs> I've been I, I've been uh, I've been hanging with Alamo too much. We don't this motherfucker. Sometimes he doesn't even intro the pod. There was one time where I had to splice it. Uh, he said, "Welcome to the Alamo," and then "See y'all later" in the same sentence. <laughs> Last night I'm like I said it for him. I'm like anyway. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Marshall Squishy Nasink on Twitter, uh, aka. The whatever, aka the something, aka the graveyard shade, and welcome to always bet on geek. That was retarded. I don't care. Uh, we're sitting in the room with all the geek shit in it, the hall of geekdom, connected through wires and stuff. Hey guys, this is your friendly neighborhood co-host Pat. Um, Marsha Stealth. Hey Stealth. Going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Marsha's stuff are actually in the Hall of Geekdom. I am, of course, a couple of hundred miles south in South, south of what? What are you... Uh, I don't know. I was trying to say the Redneck Riviera or some shit again, but never mind. Go ahead. Mississippi, you know. Yeah, because... Well, you know, I don't actually know what your town is called. It's pretty small. Well, that's the point. I don't like because it's so small. People don't need to know because if you come to this town, you will find me. <laughs> There's no way around it. There's just no way around it. You can throw a rock and somebody will know where to find us. 
<laughs> we went to the fucking gas station. They were like, "Oh, you're those people that moved into someone's old old house." I'm like, "Uh, yeah." They, it's the same lady that's been working there since we moved down here when I was in the fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, she's. I was like, yeah, my wife, my wife dragged me down here. Oh yeah, I know her. I remember when she, you know, went to school here and this and this. I'm like, God, I'm never coming out of my house. If y'all come up to me and try to be friendly, I'm going to shoot. Now, what's funny is you may think that this is a new thing with Marsh, but even when he lived in suburbia and or the city, he never really came out the house. So there's nothing new here, guys. He doesn't come out the house. I wasn't like that before I met Steph. Because that was the point. I was leaving the house so that I could try to find a woman. (laughs) Once I found a woman, I'm like, awesome. I don't have to leave anymore. Come over here. Hang out. Let's let's do something. Netflix and chill. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. You can't deny that. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean... The Marshall I met when I first met you was, I guess, more active. So you're saying all the energy was only because you were trying to find a woman? Well, no. You know, my testosterone was probably a little higher than whatever. But, uh, you know, I still played basketball and I went out and uh, stuff like that. But parties and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was partially about hanging out with my friends. But, you know, I've been looking for something serious for ever. Like I got enough fucking friends. All right, I got enough fucking friends. <laughs> That's when I find a woman. Well, yeah, you don't need new friends. It's hard to trust people, man. It's hard to bring people into your into your circle. I mean, no, I'll, 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 I I'll say one just... name and I'll bleep it out, and that I have trust issues from. <laughs> Nobody else needs to come into the group. I'm good with that. I mean, if if somebody else yeah, pulls them into I the group, say... cool, but. I'm not seeking out new people. Because I was about to say, like, it's not hard for me. I think it's only your trust issues, man. <laughs> I'm not trying to, no. I'm not trying to blame anybody but my own my own problems. But that's what I'm saying. I got problems. So, you, you got to be somebody really fucking cool to try to break into this. Into the, I don't know. I guess I'm being stupid. I have trust issues. Welcome to Always Bet on Geek. <laughs> but, but, you know who, but you know who never lets me down? Who's Silver that? Surfer. Spider-Man. My hero is on the written page. Really? Because I was a bit let down by Spidey because of One More Day. So. Well, since I don't know what that is... I can play ignorance. Whoa, whoa, wait. So you never heard me go on and on about the fact that Spider-Man made a deal with Mephisto? <laughs> no. <laughs> when did this happen? I am amazed you somehow dodged that bullet. Okay. Yeah, as much dealings as I've had with Mephisto in the Marvel game, that is surprising. Back in 2007, Marvel did a four-issue story arc with Spider-Man called One More Day, and the crux of the story arc was Aunt May is dying because of actions that happened post-Civil War, 
And in order to save her life, Peter and Mary Jane make a deal with Mephisto to give up their marriage in exchange for saving up May's life. Now, if that sounds stupid as fuck, it's because it was. <laughs> but, yeah. And there's more to it, but... That seems, like, that seems like an extremely simple deal. What was the catch? Aunt May's already 90 and she died of a heart attack the next day? No, no, I mean... Say, sacrifice their marriage? Who gives a fuck? I mean, not counting the plot holes involved in that. I guess my major thing was you had a superhero and his wife make a deal with the devil... And then the devil wins. Because this is the current still status quo of Spider-Man comics. Peter and Mary Jane are no longer married. They're just friends now. Yeah, I know. But she, like, she works for Tony Stark but, now. Right, but the deal didn't even make sense because somehow in this deal, Mephisto brings people back to life like Harry Osborn and makes everybody forget that Peter is Spider-Man because he unmasked the Civil War. Huh? <laughs> right. There are so many. Anyway, there must be there something so else to it. There, there's got to be something else that we don't know. Nope. Okay. Well, to nope. keep the theme of what this episode is going to be, who is the writer of this storyline, so that I can stay clear of his comics? <laughs> no, but see, that's the sucky part. That writer is one of my favorite writers, but he did it. You could. That came a point a point in the story where you could tell he was just trying to follow the orders of the powers that be. How do you know that? Because they said it in an okay. interview. I was going to say, <laughs> how could you tell that that was the case? Are you just trying to defend your homie? What's the guy's name? J. Michael Straczynski. Straczynski? Is there an N in there? Yeah. Yes, he's the same writer that created my favorite, one of my favorite science fiction shows, Babylon 5. Oh, well, I should know that guy's name, even though I never watched Bab 5. Oh, man, you should not have told me that. Well, you have told you that a lot over the years. You keep telling me to, to watch it. But it's just there's so many things I haven't seen. Bab 5 is not exactly on the list because you told me to watch Deep Space Nine first. They're both good, but I think I said that because Deep Space Nine is at least on Netflix. Bad Five isn't, so it can't be streamed easily. Before that story arc, he was actually one of the best writers of Spider-Man comics of that era. Really, he only had one other hiccup, and that was the Sin's Past story arc. But Sin's even Past, that, was that uh, Spider-Man also? Yeah. Because he, cause he either, after he left Spidey, he wrote Thor and brought Thor back into the Marvel U. And, like, he was really good on Thor. I mean, he's a great writer. It's just, like, one more day, man. Jeez. <laughs> you going to go to C2E2 with us next year? Have I asked you I'm that not, already? You have not. This is something new. Um, I guess it's been maybe a month now we've been talking about it. Uh, C2E2, Jerry, and a couple of... I'm not sure if Ben... I'm not sure who's going, but I know Jerry is talking about going. Julie's going to go up there, and Alamo lives out in Chicago. 
So we were going to try to get together, go out there and have a MPWO takeover. But go, you know, because Ming and Mike will be there and stuff like that too, so... Just a big, no, just a, just a big con, and we were gonna try to all go. Um, when is it? April. Late, late April, either third or fourth weekend in April. That does sound like fun. I mean, it's, it's, a, to... it's a good distance away to where we could actually plan for it. And it's in Chicago, so we could even hop on the train. Yeah. Since you won't fly. Oh. Well, I'm flying to fucking comic book men if they let me, so. That's another thing. With Stephanie doing this new job thing, she'll be making more money, even though she'll be driving maybe an hour and a half to work every day. She'll be making more money. She makes her own schedule. And then with her taking her 401k out of her old, we'll be catching up so much stuff. She said she'd buy me a plane ticket if I, be, if I could be on the show. Which just means that I'd we'd have to work on, work on your plane ticket. Well, I mean, if, is this like a for sure thing? If so, I can like start to make plans to make sure I have have money. I mean, I don't know yet. I'm gonna call the lady tomorrow. I heard from her every day for a while, but that was because I was she was wanting me to redo my redo my 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 video. I did three videos. Well, have we wait? Have we? discuss this on the podcast i don't know Maybe i've we'll... discussed it to a lot of people i know i have well, discussed it on microphone but i don't know if it was on always been on geek it was it was not so let's tell the people what's what we're actually talking about here oh well i don't know how much of the details they um i i applied to be on the season six of always been on geek and i got well what what you applied to be <laughs> I heard season I, yeah, six. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> season six of Comic Book Man. <laughs> man, if if only we had a TV show, man. <laughs> no, my my side isn't suitable for for children to watch. Um, I only say that because of the smoking and stuff. Um, I've applied to be on season six of Comic Book Man. And I've gotten through the phone interview, and they've asked me to send in a video application or video casting video or something. And the first time, I was wearing, like, Jay and Silent Bob stuff, and I was showing them all the fan stuff, and and, and apparently they don't like that. So I don't know if everybody gets this treatment, and if they don't, please don't tell them that I'm running my fucking mouth. I mean, shit. Um, but she called me back. She said she liked me. This is what her boss said. It's her job to help me on my video. So, uh, she said, don't do that. Don't do this. The camera drains you. So amp it up a little bit more energy. So then I did it again and I was too far away. So they asked me to do it again. And she was talking. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm just afraid. Of, I don't want to be a blabber no, cool. and fuck myself well, up by saying stuff no, that they're telling me and stuff. Right, no, that's cool. I guess I just wanted folks to know like what we were talking about, but like I think that's cool. Well, man. I, well I'll start it, start it over again since edit and stuff. I applied to be on season six of Comic Book Man. 
and I've gotten through the phone interview and I've sent in my casting video I've sent in three now um, and we're waiting to see I'll call again tomorrow and see so and Pat said that he would go with me if I could uh if I could if they called me they that was the first thing on the phone interview she's like you know you have to pay for this yourself we're not flying you anymore I was like <laughs> man I will I said I will walk there do not worry and just classic Marshall style you know I tried to she tried to get me off the phone after like 15 minutes I think I ended up talking to her for like 35 45 minutes because I was like yeah and then you know Mike Zapsik renewed our vows for us and then when we visited the stash you know Walt hooked us up with some art and then this and Walt called me the best customer and blah 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 and she was really nice and really polite and thank you lady ma'am uh, Diana something or another I, I don't want to I can't check it on my phone because I'm afraid I'll hang up the Skype call that's cool uh, I want to say Diana Diana something What's, oh well um, but yeah hopefully I mean, but then I, even if I get, they call me up there and I get on camera and stuff, am I going to freeze up like a fucking deer in the headlights, number one? And uh, they still may put me on the cutting room floor. I may, you know, it may not work out anyway. So, but I called the store to talk to Mike. And he, I told him at first, this was before I actually did it. I asked him what kind of what what should I do because I have you know Deadpool's first appearance and Cable's first appearance a bunch of X-Men's first appearances um, like 90's like you know Bishop and Gambit and Jubilee and all those all those folks um, but then I have like Silver Surfer Volume 1 number 1 even though it's ragged out it's still an awesome book and then the yeah we did talk about this now that I'm thinking about it because uh I talked about bringing my John Byrne, my first John Byrne X-Men slabbed 9.6 into the store, even though I bought it there. Wasn't that you that I talked to about it? Yeah, but I think we were just on the phone and not on the mic. No, I heard it back. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. If anybody hasn't, if this is your first Always Bet on Geek episode, Marshall has a pothead memory and repeats himself. Okay. So, this was an episode that we we had recorded our favorite artists episode in the car. Yes. And it screwed up. It was horrible. I couldn't fix the sound. It was just the car and the bumps and hearing us laugh every once in a while. So, Pat refuses to redo that one until we do the writer episode. So, this is It was just like... Well, it was just like... It was a good episode. It, it's it was a good it, episode. It, it and I felt... And I felt like I wasn't in the right headspace to try and recopy the enthusiasm that we had on the episode so soon after not being able to do it. So do you hear that? I figured, not recreate the ex- Pat's a diva, y'all. Have y'all hear this? <laughs> I mean, gosh, listen. Okay, I just wanted to say it because everybody was thinking it. No. <laughs> I don't think they were, man. <laughs> I think you just wanted to say it, you fucker. <laughs> okay, if anybody else was thinking it, <laughs> let's see it. Hashtag diva yes, hashtag diva no. 
to whoever listens and tag us in it. I want to see. <laughs> As always, you can find us on at Always Been on Geek on Twitter. So yeah, that'd be funny. There you go. I'm sorry. It's not just that though. You know, you have to be quiet in the house all by yourself. You can't be bothered by distractions. And I don't have that luxury, so. Oh, I, I just I'm think, sorry. I just think you're silly. I'm, I'm sorry, Mister. I just couldn't get the sound right. Like it just wasn't. It was up to my standards. Like you know the sounds. Well, I dude, I can I can fix a lot of crappy sound quality shit. But if it's too bad that I can't fix it, it it's I'm gonna talk shit about it because it was bad. <laughs> like our earlier episodes, if would probably even sound better if. But I didn't know how to do. Uh, this noise reduction and sound stuff like that I could probably put it through a filter now and it would sound better but I don't want to go back because I'm lazy like that well and <coughs> well also they're an artifact of that time so I don't think you should go back it wasn't even a year ago <laughs> dude a lot has happened in like no it's true a lot a lot has happened in the past nine or ten months what is it June July August so yeah, I guess it's been nine months. A lot has happened. Hell, you moved. <laughs> yep, and we've been here for a little while. <clears throat> oh, um, I do, before we get into our actual topic, I do want to give a shout out to an actor that Curtis passed Axelrod. away today. Oh. Go ahead. Wait, will we... I said Kurt. Sorry, I, what? Where were you going with that? You said I didn't know you were saying actor. You said you wanted to give a shout out, and I just said Curtis Axelrod. Because usually you give a shout out to the Free Planet X podcast, and the last time we uh, we podcasted, you weren't going to, so I fucked with you about it. So, well, I think I'm caught off guard because his name is Curtis. Is Jared Axelrod. I always do that too. <laughs> Curtis Axel is Curtis Axel is the wrestler. <laughs> and Jared Axelrod, who is my friend, is the host and creator of the Voice of Free Planet X podcast. That's what I said. Right? All check that's, out. That's what I said. Right, except for the name <laughs> was. A... <laughs> I really wasn't trying to be funny. I really thought I had his name right. <laughs> you got all offended, Not, offended and stuff. No, no. <laughs> I was just like, it was so random that I just thought you were like saying some. Because I was thinking, why is he trying to pick up a wrestler? <laughs> At um, anyway, no. Curtis Axel was the wrestler, but Jared Axelrod is your friend. And I was trying to say, it was. I thought his name was Curtis because of the wrestler, Curtis Axel. Anyway, I'll stop trying to help. Well, what I was going to say An is... An actor that passed and, away. Yeah, so this, it may sound funny all the laughing, but um, it was the actor that played the new Chekhov in the relaunch of the Star Trek movies, Anton Yochin, if I'm saying his name right. But he died today in a freak accident. A and freak accident? He was checking his mail at his mailbox 
and his car, his house was on a steep hill, and his car rode down the hill and pinned him between the car and the mailbox. Because it, it was one of those big brick mailboxes. And that's how he died. All by itself. Yeah. He didn't have and, any crazy girlfriend that took care of business and did it like that? No, like his friends, he was late for an audition. And his and his friends were like, Anthon's never late. So they went to go check his house and they found him like that. So he was only 27. That sounds fishy to me, man. I've never heard of anybody being pinned. pinned. I mean, that sucks. I'm not trying to make light of the man's death. That just sounds really odd to me. I can't picture picture his face. I don't think I've I don't think I've even seen the new Star Trek movies. He was also in that new horror movie which I know you have not seen called The Green Room. Cool. The Green Room. Where cheesy special effects happening all around him and stuff. But no, they were, it, but uh, they were real. No, it was actually a That's the green screen. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry. I think we're on two, two different tracks here because Apparently you, were still so. going, you were still going for the joke. I thought you were being serious. <laughs> yeah, it was totally a joke, but since I wasn't thinking what a green room was, I was thinking green screen, it kind of fell flat. It's late, folks. But anyway, I just wanted to give him, I guess, a shout out because he was a good check off in the movies and from everything I'm hearing from my friends who like horror movies the green room was really well done and I just think it sucks that he died so young it always sucks when people die rest in peace there check off guy we can't pronounce your name oh, I'm going to try again because that's does important that, um, does that uh, seem like a very asshole I, I wasn't trying to be like nonchalant about the man Oh, uh, back in the squeaky fucking ass chair. God, it's so comfortable compared to this wooden chair. I think I need a Mountain Dew. I shall be right back. Okay, while he's gone, I'm going to try to say his name yeah, one more time. Yeah, feel free to fill the dead air. Alright, let's see. Anton Yochin is what I'm going to go with. A-N-T-O-N, first name. Y-E-L-C-H-I-N, last name. I guess when Mars gets back, we can actually start to focus on the topic for this podcast, which is our favorite writers. Okay, sorry. Welcome back. When did you stop talking? That was, seems like a lot of dead air. It is. I pretty much tried to say his name right, and then I spelled it, and then I said, as soon as... Marsha gets back, I guess we'll start on the actual show topic, which is our favorite writers. So how many writers do you have on your list? Because I don't have a list, I just have a couple of names. Fourteen. Wow, then let's do yours, because mine is not an extensive list at all. Well, sixteen. <laughs> you remember two more? Yeah, I have a feeling that that's going to happen once I start talking to you about stuff, too. I just have a couple of pages pulled up. And the order is restored, because once again, I have a proper list. Okay. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, I kind of have a list. I have like <laughs> nine or ten tabs opened up on Wikipedia of different people. <coughs> it's not handwritten, though. Not, I'm not an old man. <laughs> All right. Well, the first person on my list is Mr. Ellis. Warren, Warren Ellis. Ellis, oh yeah. He's been my favorite writer, one of my favorites for a while now. What has he done? A lot, but I first took notice of him when he took over Stormwatch for Image Comics and made that into one of the best comics I had read at that time. And, I, and he also did a two-issue miniseries for Marvel called Ruins, which was the opposite version of Marvel's. So what was that was also what was Marvel's? That's the one by Kurt Kurt Busiak and Alex Ross. And it was it told the story of how the Marvel you would look from the perspective of a bystander. It's famous. It's like a four-issue series. No, I've I've heard I've heard of it. <clears throat> it's like uh, what all like painted looking. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I know of it. I just I don't know know it because I haven't read it. Oh man, that's actually one of the best comics. Well, I mean, I, I'm having uh, a hard enough time just staying current. All the stuff that I I hadn't read in the ten years that I've been, or the. 15 years that I wasn't collecting you know it's it's hard to to catch up on stuff that's not right now especially since the my current pile is turned into a long box and some change but yeah um not only did he do that he also went on to do the authority he did I know that too um authority Planetary for Image, then Wildstorm Comics. Um, he's done a whole lot. He's currently he's currently writing a Marvel series called Karnak, which is the Inhuman. Oh, is but he the one also, that can see the future? No, he's the one that can see the the flaw, the weakness, and anything. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I think his most famous work that most people know is Transmetropolitan. I think I know him from Authority and Planetary, mostly. Yeah, yep. I have every issue of those runs, so you probably do. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't remember who, because I've been surrounded, I surround myself, well, I, I haven't done it on purpose, but I've been surrounded by super like comic geeks and nerds and stuff so I hear a lot of stuff I mean when I wasn't collecting you telling me stuff when we were playing Marvel and how how your world in the Marvel game you're like well this is the way the comics are and this is how it's different so I mean you've kind of kept me up to date a little bit but you know I used to do a whole lot of drugs (laughs) I just smoke weed occasionally now so, it's hard for me to remember some of that stuff. Not too much. Well, um, anyway, go ahead. 
Well, he was the first one on my list. Who's the first one on yours? On your none list? Well, the two comics that have meant the most... Well, there was three, and I'm fixing to look up Wolverine, but would be X-Men and Silver Surfer. So... I was going to start with Silver Surfer because there's less writers on that series that I dig. And it's basically just the two because Volume 1, I didn't know anything about Volume 1. Because like when I started collecting, they were already in Volume 3, the third run. Okay. And uh, when I really, really got into it was when Thanos showed up in the early 30s. Uh, like 34 and some of the 40s it was like 30 oh well here's the list right here uh it was jim starlin that did 34 through 48 and then number 50 50 is what kicked off infinity gauntlet yes um so all the lead up to infinity gauntlet and silver surfer he did and he did infinity gauntlet too didn't he jim starlin yes he did he wrote it. Okay. And it was George Perez and Ron Lim that did art for it. And, okay, okay. So I guess mostly it would be Jim Starlin. I dug his stuff the most. And he's also done Jim Starlin, The Death of Captain Marvel, and geez. So so did you, so have you um, looked into his work in the 70s like... Um, Warlock and Captain Marvel stuff, or did, or did you only get into them like around the I got Silver it, Surfer? I got into them around Silver Surfer Volume Three, but I've have gone back since then because I do have a a bunch of Captain Marvel books, but I don't know which ones are are him. I haven't like because I have a lot of comics and I haven't right. just uh, like if he was coming to town or something. And I was going to meet him. I would do the research and find out every single Jim Starlin book that I own, like I did with Bob McCloud. But uh, <laughs> right. But man, I that's I have too many books to do that because I never paid attention to writers or artists back in the day. The first time I started paying attention to artists was during the Inferno run and X Factor and X Men and you know Excalibur, New Mutants, all those. And it was uh, uh, Silvestri. I think Mark Silvestri. And then Silver Surfer was Ron Lim. And then uh, X-Men was Jim Lee. <clears throat> and then, you know, I I, think, Jay Lee and Tex, Mark, or Texiera. And then there's there's a few other ones that I paid attention to. But other than that, I never... I mean, I, I didn't even know that at the time... I didn't even know Stan Lee was the writer. I didn't... I just thought, you know, I didn't even... It wasn't even... That kind of stuff wasn't even on my radar. I was digging the books. I wasn't digging the... Who did no, want, like you know? Yeah, I think every comic fan goes through what I call the awakening when they realize, wait, these books just don't make themselves. Like there are some books I enjoy more, and then you start to look into it. Like, well, why do I dig this more? And it's like, oh, well, I like how this person draws, or I like this story, and right. then it slowly clicks up. Oh, this person, I need to follow this person. <laughs> I like this person's stuff, mm-hmm. so I think it happens. But like, and back when we were kids, pr- and not to sound like an old man, there wasn't cons necessarily and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of, uh, 
there was no internet when we were kids, so it's it was impossible to get information like that. Yeah, like I, to folks who hear this podcast who have never lived in the pre-net era, I remember how happy I was living in Jackson, Mississippi when I found my first comic book store. And all of a sudden, here was a store I could go to to buy any comic I wanted and talk about comics with other people. Without getting beat up. I never fell into that into that Stigma. stereotype. Uh, well, good for you. Damn it. You did, I'm assuming. Yeah, had my comics taken from me and ripped up. I had a teacher take my comics from me. A whole now, stack of that, comics, and then like embarrassed me in front of the whole class, and then said I could get them back at the end of the year, and then uh, said, "Oh, I gave them, I think, to the janitor or something." When the end of the year came, she had totally just thrown them away or whatever, and then my mom was like, "They were just comic books," and I'm like, "I had so many. I still don't have some of the X Men comics that I used to have, which I could totally do that, but it, it's still." Now, actually, that did happen to me. Not that extensive horror story, but I did have my comics taken by a teacher because I was trying to read it in the middle of class. So, to be fair, she was in the right. <laughs> but Well, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't trying to read it in the class. I was in the bathroom in between, before homeroom. I was in the bathroom trying to trade them with somebody else. Because I, oh, really? I wasn't allowed to have okay. Punisher, so I was trying to trade for some Punisher comics. But then I was also showing off the rest of my comics. It was a stack. Actually, no, actually, that's what happened to me because I wasn't allowed to read this comic called The Vigilante by DC Comics. I figured, well, I could read it at school and still get around there. And then I thought I was moved by I put the comic in, the in middle my middle of a book, my, right? In my school book, oh, and like yeah. I'm a, I'm a fucking genius. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, the teacher nah. never saw that before. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Oh man, yeah. yeah. They do that in all the movies too, Pat. I don't think that was very clever. Yes, Marsh. I know now, but in the time, in the heat of the moment. Okay, I my bad. Was, okay, so I thought it was fucking Einstein. G- Jim Starlin is on the top of my list. Who's number two for you? <laughs> I like how you like. No shit, Pat. If you watch any geek movie from the 1980s, it's the same fucking trick. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking on this list of Silver Surfer artists to, um, the volume two that came out was just a one shot. It was in 1982. You, you you know which one I'm talking about, right? It was a Super Silver Surfer? Silver Surfer number one, volume two, and it was just a one shot. They only had number one, and then they didn't have anything else until volume three came out. Yeah, the one by Stan Lee, John John Byrne, you see me, John Byrne. I sure it's John Byrne. I'm looking at it right here. The Silver Surfer one shot released in 1982 was plotted, plotted and penciled by John Byrne and scripted John Byrne. by right. Stan Lee. Right, because that's. That's the story John Byrne was working on that would have told what the true, what the end game was for Galactus. Like his true purpose was was supposed to be explained in that story. Right. But then John Byrne actually posted his script notes on his website 
that you could read so that you could see where he was going with that. And that's always the purpose I have in the back of my head whenever I run my Marvel game by why he does what he does. Oh, well, I don't want to read it then. I don't need insight in the Galactus because then I'll have to deal with my alternate evil self. But since we're talking about John Byrne, he is on my list. He, yeah, he's on my list too. But he was. I was. Now, why, I was going to talk about Chris Claremont before. Uh, it's all because of uh, X Men stuff. See, he's he's on my list because of the Fantastic Four when he took over the FF in the eighties. After he left the X Men, he became the writer and the artist of the Fantastic Four. Wow, that's impressive. And, and, and had an epic run. Like a lot of the stuff he did in that run is still being used or has been used by other writers since then. A writer like and an still, artist, damn. He's just running the show. Oh yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. But that's still one of my favorite runs of the of, of the FL. I really, but really he, dig but, this uh this Silver Surfer one shot that he did, so Oh yeah. But after he left the FL, he went to DC and did Superman as the writer artist, and that was awesome. So that's also why he kind of became a favorite because that's one of my all-time favorite characters. So he also helped create uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 the New Mutants. Yeah. Well. I think that was more Chris Claremont than John Byrne. Damn it! I'm still thinking of Chris Claremont. I'm sorry. John Byrne had nothing to do with the New Mutants. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. I'm looking at Chris Claremont's uh, no, Wik- no, I mean, Wikipedia. That, that's my fault, man. No, I mean, we can go ahead because, like, like I said, well, it's, it's, why... it's kind of your turn again because, you know, John Byrne was on my list too, so... Okay, well, the next person on my list is BMB, Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. He wasn't on my list, but yeah, I love some of the shit that he was doing with the X-Men and the Avengers. The whole Marvel Universe, pretty much, in the comics, right before Civil War. Yeah, now, but he got his start at Marvel doing Daredevil on that epic run. But then he got big. He, He got... He got noticed on Daredevil, which I think is still one of his best runs. But he got big what, doing which? Ultimate Spider-Man for the Ultimate Universe. Uh, what uh, what numbers of X, uh, Daredevil was that? Oh, I would have to look that up, but I have every I have every issue. <laughs> like but, um, what years was it? Late nineties, because he took over. Because he took over. From Kevin Smith, oh, he did his okay. arc. That's how I know Bendis because I've, I've heard him talk about that on the on the Fat Man on Batman. Yep. And the artist was Alex Maleev, and it was it was a great run. Like stuff that happened in that run was still having repercussions even recently. <laughs> That's how epic it was. I really think that run was on par with the run of Frank Miller on Daredevil. No doubt in my mind. But he's but he he also does his creator own work, which Goldfish, Jinx, but Powers, Scarlet, 
Scarlet is one of his best books that he's currently doing, in my opinion. I love Scarlet. And I and he will always I will always give Bendis props for making Luke Cage an A-list character. Cause he did that. That was him. Like You can't just be happy with Blade, man. Everybody's gotta be out now, man. What's up? What? I'm just fucking with you. Just Wait. incredibly racist uh, things are coming out of my mouth. I'll stop. <laughs> oh, and he created Mal's Morales. Morales. Yep. I see. Everybody loves Miles. And he really made the Avengers a A-list team. Well, that and super humongous movies, but... Yeah. <laughs> I think the movies had a little more to do with that than the... <laughs> no, I mean... It, it no, I, I really I really enjoyed the uh, Avengers stuff that he did, though. I'm still on John Burton, Burns. I didn't know he did... Uh, all the, I forgot that he had done all the Alpha Flight stuff. No, John Burton created Alpha Flight. Right. And Avenger, well, Avengers West Coast, Sensational She-Hulk, and some Iron yes. Man. What oh, Iron yeah. Man did he do? Oh, man, his his run on Iron Man was actually really good, too. I forgot all about that. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he created Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight had the first appearance in Uncanny X-Men, so I'm not sure if that was Claremont or Byrne or a, or a mix of the two. All I know is that Marvel spun them out to their own series, and John Byrne wrote it and drew it. So, I would like to say that. Created by John Byrne, the team's first okay. appearance in X-Men 120, April 17... Yep. No, 1979. But, I never know if, if that's confirmed, because it's it's known that Byrne and Chris Claremont were a close team, and they worked together on a lot of stuff, so it's kind of hard to... Well, he's getting only billing on Wikipedia, so I don't know. No, I mean, I mean, I don't doubt it. I'm just saying it's, it's always hard to parse that sometimes. Oh. Well, you would think if Claremont had anything to do with it, he'd be like, hey, motherfucker, you better put my no, name true. on there. That's true. That's true. I mean, damn. He he's big enough. He's a big enough name to where it wouldn't even seem like that he was being an asshole about it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, you're right. That's true. And his Iron Man run, he really used the Mandarin really well. Oh, what happened in his run? That's the run where he did Armor Wars Part Two. A lot happened that run. Like, oh, I think that was the run where you discovered that the Mandarin's rings weren't magic, but advanced science from an alien species. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, but it's not telling me what numbers. Well, okay, so who's next on your list? Are you still trying to look up? I, I was looking up other stuff, but... um, <clears throat> uh, Well, I mean, first on my list should have just been Stan Lee. Because, he's, he's I mean, also, he, he started it all. 
He's also on my list, yeah. So, I mean, I don't... There's nothing that I you can't say about Stan Lee. Can't, I'm sure people could say some bad things about him, but I, I don't know anything about him and Jack Kirby. <laughs> like, you know, their relationship and if he stole the blah, 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 blah. But <clears throat> he's on my list. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's just see. for the fact well, that he co-created the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah. You... I mean, you can't get around that. Uh, Chris, I mean, I'm looking, and, I'm looking you know, down there. Well, and, you know, speaking of that, I know folks say about Lee and Kirby on the Fantastic Four and, like, where where did Lee stop and Jack begin or where did, or, you know, where did it all stop? And I guess my point is maybe Kirby did have more to do with the plot. That's whatever. But... Stan Lee gave those characters their voices because you saw what Kirby without Lee sounded like and it sounded like the fourth world stuff with the new gods and Commandy and the forever people and Orion and all the stuff he did at DC without stand there you could tell the difference between their writer styles so even if he contributed more to the plot than is known no one could take away the fact that Stan Lee provided the voice the character, the characterization of those characters in my opinion I should add <laughs> excellent Sorry, I was trying to figure out who created X Factor because I really dug X Factor, but uh, I'm not seeing. X Factor was it was an idea by Jim Shooter at that time, and he gave it to who was the first writer of X Factor. Uh, it says the first appearance the '80s team was in Avengers two sixty three January eighty six. The '90s team. First appearance was X Factor 71, October 91, created by 80s team Bob Layton and Jackson yep. Juice, with a yep. with a G, Juice maybe I don't know, and then the 90s team was Peter David and Larry Strowman, but I don't yep. I don't recognize and those names. I should because I really really dug. Whoa, X-Factor. yeah, because because that's the team you probably remember is the Peter David team and that was epic the X Factor it was actually the first appearance of Apocalypse yeah no he was their main bad guy and he was created by Louise Simpson Simonson Simonson thank you good save yeah no I've actually talked to the guy the Simonson dude he did a I've talked to him on Twitter because I told him I was a fan and we started talking. Um, he did the Marvel Comics Presents number one with Wolverine. Yep. He did the cover. He did the art for that, so it was really awesome. Yeah, but it was his wife that created Apocalypse. Cause yeah, I know. She a, was the, it was a big thing here recently. They didn't give her credit in the movie. Right, right. And that was her. <laughs> it was... She was the writer, he was the artist, and I remember that, and I'm just surprised that she didn't get her props 
so that kind of bugged me too when I heard about that yeah I heard about that on I saw comics oh man because she, she she also co-created another of my favorite companies in the 80s Power Pack and I used to love <laughs> Power Pack I did I I actually have every issue of Power Pack up until the time where they went comic store sale only because at that time I had to found that comic store but up until that time when you could still buy it on like the spinner racks I had every issue I loved Power Pack <laughs> I've gone back and gotten a couple issues with like uh, Wolverine or Sabretooth or somebody in it. Yeah, because they even guest starred in The Mutant Massacre <laughs> and, and Inferno and The Fall of the Mutants. And it's because Louise Simonson was their writer and she was writing all X Factor. <laughs> so she made sure to bring her other book into it too. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So who else is on your list? Because your list is bigger than mine. Uh, I think you're next because I did because I've done four I've done Ellis Bendis Stanley and John Byrne well technically since I just said X Factor in general I just did four (laughs) alright well the next person on my list is Robert Kirkman oh yeah how could we forget him fucking Walking Dead but that's it it's not because of the Walking Dead it's because of Invincible, his superhero book, which month in, month out, is a pretty solid read. <laughs> I would love to say that it let me start doing that, but I don't have time. Um, th- that's a shame because it's one of the best superhero books uh, out there. I mean, I just <clears throat> got my stack of comics. I got I got 25 books this this time and then Rebirth has started so I, I'm just basically putting aside all the stuff before Rebirth. I haven't started reading it yet. I don't know. I will have to say I'm impressed with DC because so far those books are pretty good. I got Rebirth number one and then Batman Rebirth number one. That's, that was a good issue. I've, I've been hearing. In fact, the guy that wrote Batman number one is the guy that left Marvel for DC to write Batman. And he's he's on my list, and he's currently writing The Vision for Marvel, which is one of my favorite comics coming out right now. The Vision? Which I never... It's, it is so good. <laughs> Good. It is so good. I mean, it's on my and it's I, on my pull list. I have like five issues of it. I haven't read it yet. I got Scarlet Witch coming too. That's good too, and I hate the fact that he's leaving because what he is setting up for that comic, I cannot believe Marvel is going to let him do, and he keeps saying on Twitter it's going to happen, and if that's so, I will be impressed because it's it's. You know what? Epic. As far as writers go, I could add to my list. Who's doing the Doctor Strange comic right now? <clears throat> oh man, Jason Aaron. I'm impressed with that book. I'm like three issues behind or two issues behind. That's yeah, that's a good book. Yeah, man. It just it sucks because it 
all this stuff every time I read a book every and it's it's my fault because I'm the one who introduced you to the game but everything just reminds me of the Marvel game and just makes me want to fucking roleplay and play this fucking Marvel game you have ruined me forever but like I said it's technically my fault so you technically I can't blame myself <clears throat> there has to be somebody else Welcome to the Scapegoat Club. <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah, but also... You and Stephanie can share the closet. Jason Aaron is also currently writing The Mighty Thor. Oh, you know, that's, all, that's, that's... Stephanie reads that. Maybe I should pick that up, too. And that's a great book. And he, he also does this book for Image called Southern Bastards. Which is really good. Southern so bastards. Yeah, I didn't know they were writing about the people next door. <laughs> well, they kind of are, which is funny. But um, I'm joking. The people next door are actually pretty cool folks. I was just making a Mississippi joke, is all. Which is well, he, it's funny. It's like because I'm here. So go ahead. Well, he himself is from the south, so he actually writes about stuff like that it's actually a really good series he's a great writer well just cause you're from the south doesn't really make it okay for you to make fun of people from the south no but that's my point like he understands the south because he's from here so he knows he knows he knows what he's doing I guess that's what I'm saying he's not making fun but like there are types of people in the south you don't meet anywhere else and if you don't know that's true how to write them they come off as Yoke, like yokel hillbilly folks, right? Yeah, right. No, yeah, I can understand that. I'm, yeah, uh huh. But anyway, great. All these books we're talking about are books you should be checking out. Or if if you don't like the the particular book, these writers because these are good writers doing good work, bringing entertainment for us on a monthly basis so anyway check them out alright man your turn I did two um, you did one because you brought up Doctor Strange I, I love his art and I found out that he's a writer too George Perez yes he hasn't done any of my favorite books or anything writing but he did some uh, some silver surfers like um uh, in the hundred and teens like six or seven in a row which I don't have any of them so and I think he did like the first three or four of the Infinity Gauntlet he didn't write it no but he he did the art yeah but the first three but this is and he helped with part with the number four but that's this isn't the art this is the the writing that's true no I know some of the stuff because you know he's coming in October to the area and I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna pull every fucking George Perez book I own out, and I'm gonna have him sign the shit. I don't care how much. Well, if he charges like ten oh, bucks man, a book, we, I'm only gonna be able to. Dude, we are, we are at our, the one hour and six minute mark, and this list is not getting any shorter. <laughs> so it's this should be interesting. Okay, so who's next? Um, the writer I was just discussing Tom King 
he's the writer on the vision that he's about to leave with issue 12 and go do Batman for DC, which he's already, which he has already begun. But I picked up the vision on a lark because I've always liked the character and I wanted to see how he would be in a solo series on a lark. And I, yeah, because like it was part, it was part of the new Marvel that came out there. Secret when did you start using so I, that word? Oh my god. <laughs> on, on, a, on a lark? I guess this is the first time you've ever heard me use it because it's the first time I've ever... Said it? Yeah. <laughs> In front of you? <laughs> okay. No, it, it's cool, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did that. I guess every now and then you catch me off guard because because I'm not usually usually that juvenile. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Go ahead. I was actually leading uh, somewhere with it, and then halfway I decided to pull a, pull the plug on that idea. So that was just to give you a hard time, but it was just going to make me look bad in the long run. So it's your turn. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, now that this has been completely derailed, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I picked it up on the off chance because I was given all the new number ones to try. I'm a lark. Post-secret. <laughs> all right, man, fuck it. What is, who is your writer, man? Apparently, On a whim. This has been, this has been fucking derailed. It's your turn, man. What, who is your writer? Um... I think that was it. So wait, are you are you the asshole that completely <laughs> derails the conversation, but doesn't actually follow up anything? You you were just derailing. Well, I wasn't derailing so that I could hurry up and talk. I was just fucking with you, in general. It wasn't about making you stop talking or whatever. But uh, did we start? Did we talk about Chris Claremont? <laughs> Because we talked about John Byrne. <laughs> uh, no, we. I guess we spoke about Chris Claremont, but we didn't go in depth. So we don't have to go in depth. He's on my list, though. Well, man, he, he's on your list, man. Go for it. He did a lot of X Men from 1975 to 1991, issue 94 through 279. What was what was your favorite arc? So, uh, what issues were Inferno? Those are two forty something, right? Well, I mean that's why I said arc in that issue because I know it's hard to. Well, it's Inferno was Inferno was an arc. I really dug that. I liked the follow the mutants. Um, what happened with that with the siege perilous and the reavers and all that shit? I really dug that. Before that, I loved the Trial of Magneto, the Phoenix Saga. I really dug the Dark Phoenix Saga. Um, fucking, I'm not sure what all the arcs are called. I like the Extinction level stuff, whatever the Extinction Agenda or whatever. Yep. Uh, fuck. I, when they restarted it, and Jim Lee was doing the art, and it was X Men number one again. I really dug all that shit. But it's just that was actually. His last arc. Jim Lee's? No, when they 
did the oh, 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 Chris Claremont. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of X-Men stuff that I dug. <clears throat> the Brood stuff, the Brood Saga, whatever that's called. The, uh, yep. the, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants stuff that they did. Uh, I mean, I could pretty much just name off everything that happens in the X-Men and say I dug that saga because that was pretty much the way it was. All the arc, the stuff they did with Arcade, and then the fucking uh, Marauders. I really dug Sabretooth and Wolverine's rivalry. I dug the the Outback era when they were in the Outback, the Gateway. Yeah, that was with the Reavers after they did the Reavers stuff. Yep. Yeah, fucking Reavers. But then Chris Claremont's done lots of other stuff too. Like uh, New Mutants. I don't know what the deal is. Every time I mention Bob McCloud and Chris Claremont, people kind of stick their nose up at Bob McCloud. So I don't know if they just had a falling out. If I mean, no, I've never... Of the several people that I've talked to about it, I've never gotten a story. I've just gotten this distaste kind of for Bob McLeod and I don't know because he seemed like a love a sure? lovely individual when I talked to him huh. I have no idea like somebody at a comic store that I that I frequent uh, I asked him if I should get him to sign uh, Deadpool's first appearance because you know Bob McLeod's creator co-creator of the comic itself and he said, it's under my opinion that if you get him to sign a comic, no matter what it is, that it will devalue the comic itself. Wait, 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 wait. I thought the first appearance of Deadpool was in... 98, New Mutants. Yeah, but that was Liefeld, not McLeod. He was the artist, yeah. But because he was a co-creator of the comic itself... But I was like, okay, well, what about uh, New Mutants number one? He did the art for that. He said, I'll say it again. If he signs anything, no matter what the comic is, I think that it will defalue it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm like, this guy must have something against him. But then I started asking other people and stuff, telling that funny story. And it seems like most people share that sentiment, and I don't understand why. Me either. I have never heard about that. So yeah, and it's it's weird. Yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Okay. Well, if anybody can figure it out, that's listening. If they're still listening, uh, let me know because I'm curious. It doesn't matter at all, but I'm just curious. Who else is who else is on your list? Because that's that's oh. all that I got. I may add Grant Morrison. I may add some to yeah. Well, that's one that I could add. He's a really good writer. Oh, I do have one more. Never mind. Excellent. But yeah, man, Morrison, man, I can't. Where do you even start? Yeah. The other one. I, mean, uh, I forgot what the other one is too. But both of them. Alan Moore. Yeah. Alan Moore. It's yep. just kind of. They do so much, which is so funny. much stuff. It's hard to. Yeah, I mean, and the stuff they did is just like it makes a mark. I mean, Alan Moore did Watchmen, 
and he had a run on the Swamp Thing that completely redefined the character, and then he did like the ABC line, America's Best Comics with Tom Strong and Top Ten and Promethea. I mean, he did like issues of Green Lantern and just the backstory. I mean, anyway, you can't. You can have an entire podcast just talking about Alan Moore and Grant Morrison individually. Oh, yeah. So. But I guess. What Which I guess we, could, we can do that about Stan Lee and Claremont and some of these other folks, too. But. Oh. Are we yeah. doing disservices to them by not doing whole podcasts about them? I mean, I'm not opposed to doing that in the future. <laughs> but, like, I know we can't do it tonight sure we can I gotta stay up until 4 or 5 in the morning let's just record a whole lot of shit oh let me actually repeat that we can't do that tonight (laughs) I was just letting everybody know that it wasn't because I was saying no it was because the diva has to sleep (laughs) (laughs) aka the graveyard diva But yes, Just like the junkyard dog, you are the GYD, the junkyard, the graveyard de- diva. <clears throat> now that's a nickname right there. Somebody gave it to you and everything. <laughs> Somebody, you, at this moment. Let's see, we will see if it sticks. The graveyard diva, hashtag the graveyard diva. Fuck yes. <laughs> A.K.A. Uh-huh. See, that's a good hashtag well, right there. Diva yes, Diva no, the graveyard diva. That's all you need to know right there. Uh, I think we know what the title's going to be. That's right. Well, I was going to say own like our t-shirts. DBS Diva no. No, I don't want to put that on a t-shirt. But no, yes, I will be going to bed soon because I do have to get up in the morning and do stuff. Yeah, tomorrow night, tomorrow starts my night shifts, my two weeks of night shift, so I gotta stay up and then nap, or sleep during the day, and so I can be at work at 6.30 tomorrow evening. So, who was the person that you added to your list when I was talking about Grant Morrison? He, he was already on my list, uh, Brian Johnson. <laughs> because, I mean, I really dug Cryptozoic, man, and then whenever I uh, went back and did War of the Undead and Carney. Uh, War of the Undead was really cool. Carney, I mean, it's just, you know, twisted my fucker, man. He, he's got the, he was the dude who did Vulgar, the movie, and that takes a special kind of sick bastard. I really dig it. But, you know, Cryptozoic Man and the, the other two, War of the Undead and Carney, are really neat. So I'm assuming you're on that seat again? Can you hear the squeaking? What yep. the fucking hell? My ass was hurting so bad. I forgot. That was like involuntary. My ass wanted relief. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right, well, um, you know I don't like a super long podcast. They were coming up on an hour and 20 minutes, so I will actually now read what is on my list, and we can discuss what I have left. <clears throat> There's Frick Miller, which really... yeah. Come on. Yeah, I guess that needs to be on there. You guess? Or wait, are you being 
the ceases? No, yeah, man. I mean, fucking, he did the Wolverine one through four that I'm trying to get a hold of. I mean, besides all the Dark Knight shit, you know, I'm just saying, and Dare, well, Daredevil I mean, he, even. Well, he drew that, but the writer was Chris Claremont. Damn it! I need to find Chris Claremont. I got so many books he needs to sign. I'm a signature on my comic whore now. <laughs> I'm like, it's just that easy? Go find a con and have him sign all your books? <laughs> Fuck yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Who's next? Um, Al Ewing? Ewing. Al. A-L, first name. E-W-I-N-G. Last Ewing. Name. Ewing, like okay. Patrick, like Patrick the, Ewing. He is the current writer on The Ultimates, which is another one of my favorite current books. He is really tearing that book up. But before he did The Ultimates, he did The Mighty Avengers, which is which kind of led into The long, The Mighty Avengers. That was the one with Squirrel Girl, right? No. Which one was that? Was that Uncanny? The New Avengers. The New. Okay. But it, it was the Mighty Avengers, then Captain America, and the Mighty Avengers, and then the Ultimates. The Ultimates is the distillation of everything he was trying to achieve with those first two titles, and it is awesome. Cool. I thought I had all the Avengers titles coming, but I guess I had to reorder it all after uh, Civil War. I guess they're like, dude, you have a lot of titles. You've already admitted to not being able to read them all. Why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> oh, well. I will eventually read these books. So who's, who's left? Actually, a lot. Um, there was Jonathan Hickman, who, I mean, he did The Fantastic Four for Marvel, then he did Avengers... New Avengers, which led up to Secret War, which he also wrote. He has his own, created his own stuff, the Manhattan Projects. But, honestly, the fact that Marvel let him plan, I mean, he's, he's known for being a long-term architect of a story. Like, he plans out every beat that he wants to get to at the end and you can go back and read his Fantastic Four his Ultimates his Avengers his new Avengers and see how they all add up and lead to Secret War <laughs> and it's this mind boggling that Marvel let him do that over a space of real life years yeah man he must have really made an impression on him what was his name again Jonathan Hickman. Um, then there is, I'm not quite sure how to say his name. Todd Nahishi Coates. Oh, I don't know. He's the current writer on the Black Panther. T A T A dash N E H I S I first name, last name C O A T E S. But <laughs> Black. Black Panther is fucking awesome. Like, that first issue, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Was it as awesome as Squadron Supreme number one when it came out? 
in my opinion, it was better. Wow. Like Squadron way better. Supreme was hardcore. And, and I'm not saying Squadron Supreme. Is that still going? Yeah, they're they're currently on issue eight. How come I haven't been getting my books? I guess I need to go through these and start like being like, "Hey guys, I haven't been getting these comics." I know it's hard to remember all the shit that I have pulled, but okay, go ahead. Um, the Gail Simone. Oh yeah, her Poison Ivy stuff was pretty cool. And her, I first took notice of her with Birds of Prey. Which, uh, her person, her person, Prey Run was some of the best comics I had read from DC in that era. It was just really holy. Like one of my favorite issues. It was pretty much an issue all about Oracle and Lois Lane trying to outsmart each other, <laughs> and them in a restaurant all alone, trying to outmaneuver one another. Because Lois being the best reporter in the world, and Oracle, well, Barbara Gordon, trying to throw her off the scent of trying to find out that she's Oracle. And anyway, I, I remember that issue and thinking to myself, any writer that could have an entire issue of two characters sitting at sitting at a diner trying to outwit each other and hold my interest for all. But the entire thing, that writer is a fucking badass, and she's been on my list ever since. Awesome. Yeah, she's a pretty badass, awesome ass. She follows me on Twitter. I think it's because I made her laugh really hard. Because <laughs> I was going to artists, and I'm like, hey, do you do commissions? This and this. I, I really dig your Poison Ivy run. This and this. She's like, um, hun. I write that I don't I don't draw it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, damn, because I'm like I really dig it. You know this. You know the art is this. It's this and this. She's like, well, I'm glad you dig the art. And but and she even at one point I think said something about what about the writing? And I was like, the writing was good too, but the art is what I'm talking about. You know so. And then she was like, you know, I'm the writer. I'm not the. I was like, oh, oh, sorry. Ugh. So she's probably muted me, but every once in a while I check all my blue check marks, and they, uh, some of them still follow me. Only you, man. Yeah, you know, being stupid. Well, I didn't know. it was a fifty-fifty shot, and uh, I failed. <laughs> well, the next you're either person. the writer or the artist, the writer, or penciler, or writer, or whatever. Oh well. Well, the next person is Kurt Busiek. Which is, I think, how you say it. But he, you know, he, he did Marvels. He created Astro City. He did Superman's Secret Identity. He created the Thunderbolts for Marvel. Oh, well, that's something I know. And that's where I first took notice because of that awesome twist at the end. The twist? Well, you discover at the end of the first issue that they're actually the masters of evil masqueraded as heroes. The Thunderbolts. That's nice. 
And when it happened, it was pretty. It happened it, it like it happened after onslaught. So it's like the mid nineties, but it was all fucking awesome. Yeah, who did the uh, who did the Proteus stuff? That was all Chris Claremont, right? Or was that before him? But that was Chris Claremont. Man, that shit was awesome too. Next up is Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian. I'm not quite sure how to say his first name. <laughs> but he created The Wicked and The Divine, a comic that I have not yet started, but everybody tells me it's awesome. So it's. I thought this was about our favorite writers. This, If you don't know his work, how is he on your list? What's up, man? He's That's old, just cheap. He's on my list because he currently writes Star Wars Darth Vader for Marvel. And Darth, oh. and that Darth Vader comic is fucking badass. I, I, <laughs> just, got, I just got the trade. I oh, told Mike, man. I told Mike oh, to throw man. something in, that a pick. And that was his pick of the week, or pick, pick of the month, was the Vader. I don't know how many issues are in it, but I haven't read it yet. Uh, they're currently on... I have every issue. That comic, I mean, how much is in the trade? How many issues? Maybe 1 oh, through 12 or something? I'm, I think the first was 1 through 6. I'm not sure. Oh, that's lamer than I thought. But yeah, that's cool. But dude, dude. That comic book is awesome. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> Mike talks awesome. about it on uh, uh, either I Sell Comics or something. Man, on the Mike and Ming show, they talk about their con stuff. There was a con in... Texas, I forgot what it was called, that it was the first time that the cast of Sons of Anarchy were going to get together for a, a panel. Right. The creators of the con, people started noticing their checks were bouncing. And then, dude ran off with everybody's money, straight up. The con guy? The guy who was promote that started that was doing the con, yeah, he ran off with everybody's money, and like people couldn't get they had to pay for their own hotel rooms. They had to uh, the the food people weren't serving food because they didn't get paid. The audio video people weren't letting people on stage because they weren't getting paid, and it was it was pretty crazy. Wait, so when did this? have to do with wait was that just a tangent of getting lost in the weeds or no we were talking about something that led to that but basically it was getting lost in the weeds there was was a reason that I started talking about it but it was very because it started off with you saying that they discussed the Darth Vader comic on their podcast oh yeah I was meaning to mention it earlier and it just reminded me (laughs) because I was trying not to get lost in the weeds early on but since I've embraced it I just went ahead since I was thinking about it you know I mean just be lucky that I haven't told the story about how I send fucking dick pics to the wrong people and stuff instead of my wife but if you want to hear that story make sure you subscribe and download Welcome to the Alamo another (laughs) podcast that Marshall co-hosts yeah there you go there you go, man. I, I got you back. Uh, yeah, that's actually much easier since I've already told the, I've, I've told it on the Wolfpack pod too. So I, I have a feeling that I'll be fucked with about that for the rest of my life. But that's okay. I should very well be fucked with it. But anyway, 
Well, actually, I only have two more on my list, and I'm sure I have forgotten many. And after we hit stop on the record, I'm gonna remember. Oh wait, so and so, but um, Mark Wade. I know the name. He pretty much made Wally West the Flash, even though he came on that series after it had already started. He made the Flash the Flash. If you ever watch the Flash TV show and you hear it and go, my name is Barry Allen and I'm the fastest man alive, Mark Way actually invented that. He actually invented the Speed Force. He also did Kingdom Come. He did a run on Daredevil that he just, that just ended, well not just ended, but he's currently writing the Black Widow comic for Marvel at the moment. How was that? It's really good. Okay, how many books do you read uh, monthly? Because I, I know you do it digital, and I know it's cheaper that way. But how much mo- how much money a month do you spend on your comics? Well, it's not cheaper. It's just more. Well, it's cheaper in the aspect of I don't have to pay for gas to get into a car. Because in Jackson, there's no. Come up well, book, close by. books are like two ninety nine to three ninety nine a piece, but they don't cost that digitally. Yes, yeah, they do. They do. Yep. Wow, how fucking lame. So I'm pretty much paying for the convenience of not getting into a car. I can just get it instantly, which I dig. But I never actually added it up. Cause if I did, I'd make it sad. <laughs> well, because I get like twenty books a month, and it sounds like you get way more than that. I don't think so. Like, the Ultimates, Squadron Supreme, The Vision, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther. Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, that's five. I don't get any more X Men books because I'm not into that. Well, ever since, ever since post Secret War, I've dropped all my X titles. I can't. Why are they not cool anymore, Pat? Well, no, I, I'm just not. Where's your loyalty, homie? I'm not into their where they are in their story, because right now, because you know, okay, because post Secret Wars into the current Marvel U, there's a space of six months that there's a time jump, like in story and in that six months there's something called the M-Pox that has almost wiped out Muticon Cyclops was killed somehow and the Mutants went to war with the Inhumans and the Inhumans won so it's I'm I'm just not into it (laughs) wow I guess I should pick up my comics and read I will start to spill more because DC Rebirth is pulling me back to DC because for a while there I only bought like two DC books and that was Justice League by the last writer on my list, Jeff Jones, and Batman by Scott Snyder. Doing Jeff, Jeff Johns? Yeah, Jeff Johns. You said Jones. I noticed that. 
<laughs> I didn't mean to say Jones. It just kind of came out. But now, with, with Rebirth, I'm intrigued again. So, And like I said, Tom King is doing Batman now, and I really dug his vision. So I want to see what he does, he does with Batman. So I'm picking up Batman again. Um, I'm picking up Superman again because... Anyway, it's I'm about to start spending more money. <laughs> like, That's what this ball boils down to. But but at least books from DC are cheaper than Marvel books, so I'm still not spending as much. Okay. When you add but more yeah, title, when you add more titles to your current titles, you're definitely spending more. But I wouldn't be spending as much if they cost as much as Marvel books. So. However you justify it to yourself. That's 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 how I fucking justify it, man. Alright. Right. <laughs> However you do it, that's all on you, man. And the and the last person on my list, like I said, was Jeff Johns. So yeah, that's my list. Did you check it twice? Just like Santa. You're gonna find out who's naughty and nice? I think they all have a lot of money. I guess they're all nice, right? Well, I hope they have a, a lot of money for the enjoyment that they have, have given me over the years. Do you think Stan Lee makes any money? Or is he just a indentured servant for the rest of his life? What are you talking about? He's he's like, he's he makes... Have you seen at some of the movies where they list, like, producers and you see Stan Lee as a isn't producer? That just a, isn't that just a... a a what a, a pity credit at this point if Hollywood does not work that way if you see a name with a title at the end or at the beginning of the movie that person is making money <laughs> alright well, you know, well you know what let's find out cause they have this handy thing called celebrity what is it so, so what celebrity Celebrity net worth, where they actually list people's net worth. Net worth. Oh God, I'm afraid now. Stan Lee is worth, let's see, two hundred million. That's all. That's what the fuck, man. That's all. <laughs> he, does, he does charge like one hundred and seventy-five dollars per autograph and stuff. So, I guess dude, that makes sense. Dude, trust me. That money is not coming from fucking con autographs. It's coming from Hollywood movies. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> I don't got. I got nothing. Bad. Okay, I was I was trying to see where you where you going with that. Well, it's really late, and even though I have to try to stay up tonight, and I did take a nap, I'm exhausted. We did swimming and did all kinds of stuff today. I went and I shot my new gun. Lord. Well, it's not, uh... It's, I mean, I want to say it's not super crazy, but it's the it's the judge. The, uh, the Dirty Harry gun. Big, huge, long-barreled-ass fucking revolver that actually it shoots 45 and it shoots 410 and 410 is shotgun rounds so it shoots bullets like normal bullets and shotgun rounds too 
I mean, it's you a know pretty, that. It's a pretty awesome gun. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, don't like care, guns. right? Because yeah, I hate I guns, right? Right, okay. but you still came down and shot with us one time. so Right, because I had to see if I just hated guns because I don't like to judge the, something before I actually see it. And after doing that, it occurred to me, nope, I don't like this. <laughs> this is, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't you, like it. You had a good time, though. Yeah, because I was with y'all. Whenever I'm with y'all, I have fun. I don't care what I'm doing. Okay, well, next time I'll let you shoot the judge, and you can have some fun doing that. I actually don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, well, you can live out your Hawkeye fantasies, and we can shoot the bow. I will shoot the bow, yes. So did you have well, a good guess... time on your vacation, Pat? Oh, Actually, yes. I guess this would be the first podcast after my vacation. Yeah, I went to California with my one of my best friends, Nancy, and her daughter, who is my goddaughter, and we we had a blast. <laughs> Beach just texted me, said, "Sorry, man, I've had client after client come in to see me." I'm like, "Don't you understand? I need to be an ABOG, inconsiderate." <laughs> inconsiderate client arseholes well tell him he can hop in on the next podcast because I'm about to pull the ripcord on this one since it's almost 1 o'clock in the morning it's 1230 <laughs> yeah that's why it's almost 1 o'clock in the morning <laughs> it's not almost until it's past 45 so is that oh I forgot who I was talking to because you feel the same way about your age. <laughs> because whatever I no, say... No, I'm 39 now. I am pushing 40. But you're not in your early 30s. Okay. Your early 30s are from 30 to 33. Your mid-30s are from 34 to 36. And your late 30s are from 37 to 40. You're not pushing 40 until you're 39. <laughs> When you're, 38, when you're 38, you're not pushing 40 because you're not almost there. You are, you are not in your late 30s. No, I am in my late 30s because I'm 39. That's, no, the, that's the latest 30. No, Yeah, but you said 40. Right, I said I'm pushing 40 because I'm no, 39. No, you said, you said late 30s was 37 to 40. Oh, 37 to 39. But you are still pushing 40 in your late 30s, man. That's what it's called, pushing 40. I'm pushing 40 because I'm 39. So when you were 38, you weren't. That's right. I was hey, almost, get... I was almost, I was pushing 39. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, old man. I am going to go ahead and let you go. Because... <laughs> I got to wake up tomorrow, and I won't be able to if I'm up much longer. <laughs> okay. So, what about your shout-outs for this podcast? Plugs? Oh. I guess the... The, the free, the, the awesome war podcast, <laughs> and the, the I guess, Axel, and the geeks. I guess... The black I guess, ones. I guess the newest podcast I'm into now is Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. Hardcore Pawn. 
That's a TV show. Eh, I guess we're done. <laughs> this has been always no, been a little geek. Go ahead. No, that, no, it's all right, man. It's all right. Because we still have to talk about the MPWO. I was just letting you get your shout-outs out first. I already did, man. Hardcore History by Dan Carlin is my newest podcast because I love history. And in my opinion, it's a great podcast. And Coup in the Gang by Esther Koo. Hilarious podcast. All right, man. Those and are my two for this week. Three Black Geeks and the voice of Free Planet History X. No. Free, what's the name of it? I can't, I can't tell if you're being asshole or if you <laughs> actually being forgot. Seri- <laughs> I'm being serious. The voice of Free Planet X by voice Jared Axelrod. Free, Free Planet X. Okay. I'll probably ask you again. Because I don't listen to uh, it, so it's just random random words to me when I'm <laughs> when it's this late. It's not me being an asshole. I'm just really this dumb, man. You know this. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you couldn't tell if I was fucking with you or not because I'm stupid like this sometimes. Well, uh, that and I can't, you know, I can't see your face, so I couldn't tell. Oh well, I'm just staring at the floor like some horrible abuse victim or something. <laughs> All right, man. Go ahead and give, I guess, our new home a shout out. Our new home. This isn't the first podcast that we've done since we've switched over, is it? Technically. Yes. Technically, no, because we had a couple of episodes banked, I guess. Because last week's episode, we were technically under the MPWO banner. Yeah, but this is the first time that we're actually recording. But the whole point of jumping on bad boardy for maxwell was to help us out until we got able to stand on our own and now that we're a part of the end up mpwo we went ahead and officially switched over to the the new so, yes. world order. So, com, and that's well actually actually before all that i would like to give props to maxwell for actually making this possible yeah, give, giving, us, giving bad, us the chance yeah, because without Bad Bordy, we wouldn't be here. That's fact. So, to the Sleeveless Falcon, you know, to Hurricane I Max, about sending his family a uh, one month loot crate subscription. But then I'm like, does he really give a shit about that? Should I just donate the money to Bad Bordy? <laughs> I mean, you know, loot crate or groceries yeah. for his family. I mean, I, I don't know. Because, you know... I will always go with groceries for the family. <laughs> That's a choice. Well, right, but, you know, you know how it is when you get money and it's not already in your mindset. You're like, I have money for this. Oh, I have extra money now. Uh, well, I guess I get to do something, you know. And I think that's fine because pretty much as soon as as soon as soon the money leaves your hand and goes to that hand, it doesn't matter. it's no longer right. our business what they do that's with it. absolutely so, true. But anyway, thanks, Max. That's that's what I'm saying. Thanks, man, for giving us the foundation to keep going, man. Thank you. Yeah, you know, he doesn't listen to podcasts. Or he doesn't listen to this one, I should say. Well, A, you never know. And B, it was more for me because I like to give people thanks when they do. No, no, that's, you know, no, no. I'm not trying to discount what you're doing. That's... Absolute. Real <laughs> talk. Real talk, man. Real talk. All right, man. 
go ahead and give our new home a shout out because you do it best. I don't do it best. You just don't want to do it. Oh my god, um, man! What? No, time out. No, I was actually being honest. You actually do do it best. I know comics. You know podcasts. We we've, we've already had this talk on other podcasts. So okay. go for it, man. Take it. You can find us on the New World Order of Pods. No, the New Pod World Order. MPWO. <laughs> Lots of awesome podcasts are on there. Awesome, awesome. Yes. Um, I don't know if I can remember everybody's Twitter names. Off not bad, not bad. Go for it. Dig deep. Dig deep. Um, I can't. We got Totes Milady. Keep digging. I think it's Totes Milady at Totes Milady. Yeah. I, 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 that's probably wrong. So, if you can't find them, don't come bitching because I'm a fucking pothead. And why you trusted my memory. I right, mean, what's next? Fucking A. The BS pod. That's right. You get that shovel. You keep on digging. I actually know <laughs> know their Twitter handles, but I won't do it now since I can't remember everybody. I won't do that for anybody. I bet. Mean, you said it. I'm a dick like that. I bet, mean, I did. Mean, who's next then? Uh. Welcome to the Alamo. Man, that's right, man. If you break that shovel, get, get down on your hands and knees and keep on digging. Keep digging, man. Go deep. Break that shovel over your damn head, man. <laughs> uh, there's Pop Culture Crunch. That's right, man. You get a pickaxe. You keep on going, man. <laughs> You're retarded, man. <laughs> uh, there's Always Bet on Geek. That's right. Then... There's Teach Me Comics. Man, if your hands get dirty, you keep on going, man. You keep on digging. You keep on digging. Uh, can I pull your bottom jaw <laughs> off and, and use that as, as a shovel? You, know, man, the teeth and you do what you got to do to dig deep for the MPWO, man. Keep on going, man. There, Get that shout out. Give, give your shout outs, man. Um. Uh, Barefoot Sundays Woo! is one that's fairly new. And then uh, I think it's, oh, dude, I don't remember the name of it. It's speaking with Stucky or Sticking with Stucky? I think it's Sticking with Stucky. Man, we got so many podcasts on this network. We can't even fucking remember them all, man. But don't worry, man. Marshall will keep on digging. He will keep on digging. Keep on digging, man. Dig deep. Dig deep. Am I forgetting any? Always bet on geek. You got that, man. You got that. Uh, I believe that's it. Hell yeah, man. You saw that? You saw that first the shovel, then his hands and knees, then the pickaxe, then his fucking dirty hands. But Marsh kept on digging. He kept on digging for the MPWO. Woo woo! What the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, speechless. That's I'm, right. I'm just trying not to break into song, man. I don't know. I'm just trying to sing What's More With Feeling. Where do we go from here? I, I don't know. Uh, oh, that's what, that's what you should put as our ending tune on this podcast. Not 
the graveyard diva is born. <laughs> Enter graveyard diva. Well, I guess that will wrap it up for or diva. Yes, diva. No. <laughs> and on that note, this has been your friendly neighborhood co-host Pat. I AKA. guess. I guess, a.k.a. the Graveyard Diva, Diva Yes, Diva No, I don't know, and up there is Marsh, my boy, who I call the Digger, he digs deep, on his hands and knees for you, digging, that's ready for it. Stick, man. No, that's not going to stick, man, that's not going to stick, I think so, you're, you're, the di- you're the Diva, that's all, <laughs> GYD, oh, man. Oh, wait, wait, we are now... D&D, the diva and the digger. That's going to stick. Boom, the D&D. diva and the digger. Yeah. He digs, I div. <laughs> we could be DMS. What? Why? You're the diva and I'm the MS. Magic stick. Man, all right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> 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 We've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, I think too far was the other person that we pod- I podcast with. There's not a lot. Yeah. Bad. So you can find us at Always Bet on Geek on Twitter. Always Bet on Geek on Gmail. Always Bet on Geek at everywhere else that you can think of. We have um, Facebook. We have Facebook. Yes. Oh, and if you have iTunes, look for us. Always been on Geek on iTunes. Always been on Geek on Stitcher. Always been on Geek at NewPodWorldOrder.com. All right, man. So I guess that's it. Um, and episode one and two are on SoundCloud. Right. Advertising SoundCloud. Okay, my bad. Well, man, I, I guess that's it. It's um, it's great being back. I had a great vacation, but I did miss podcasting. So I'm glad I survived all the flights in one piece and good to be back. Good. When you uh, you can guest on the Wolfpack Pod and tell us some fucked up stories. Not really fucked up. I mean, I just went. No, not about your vacation. Just in general. Ah, uh, but it's you... the pod where people come on to tell horrible, embarrassing stories. It's fun. It's therapeutic. It makes everybody laugh. <laughs> All right, man. I guess if that's it. Wrap us up. Take us out. Uh, I thought I just did. I'm squishing out sink. Um, <laughs> we can also, I just I just started something. If you're a podcaster, right, or you have an aspiration to be a podcaster, and you're like, this editing thing is fucking annoying. I can't figure this shit out. How about you just send the shit to me? I started my own business, I guess. Uh, Squishy Nos Studios. Uh, Squishy N Studios, the letter N. 
on Twitter, squishynowstudios, gmail.com. Uh, what did I say? It's on the newpodworldorder.com. I don't know. If you don't feel like editing yourself, give me a holler. I'll see what I can do. Y'all help me get out of this fucking warehouse. <laughs> and Please. That, and, and that, my friends, is hashtag real talk. <laughs> Please, I'm breaking my back. It's not hard work, but damn it, get me out of this warehouse. Let me let me do something else. Let me sit in front of a computer. If my carpal tunnel is going to get worse anyway from working, it might as well get work from something that I like to do. Okay. That's me taking us out, Pat. And don't forget to listen to Tell Him Steve Dave, ISO Comics, The Mike and Ming Show, and all the other Smodco podcasts. They don't pay us. I just <laughs> like them a whole lot. We can never end the fucking podcast. All right, man, I guess that's it. So from Pat and Marsh, we out. Always bet on geek. <laughs>